Hello and welcome. My guest on this episode is Mark Longbottom, who started off life being interested in giving back. He has been involved in many charitable projects between New Zealand and the UK, including Auckland City Mission, the New Zealand AIDS Foundation, St. James Place Charitable Fund, and is currently head of social responsibility for Southern Cross in New Zealand. Mark shares his passion about social enterprise and having business for good, as well as the work that he does through his podcast, Purposely. You're listening to Impactful Billionaires, the podcast with award-winning social entrepreneur, Nayasha Kwaditsu, a For The Now media production. So, uh, Mark, thank you very much for taking time to come and talk with me. And it's just a chat. It's not. I don't have formal questions. <laughs> mm. So we're just going to be talking. So could yeah. you just um, tell me what you've been doing um, and what motivates you to do what you do? Yeah. So I, by day, uh, I try to stay gainfully employed in the non-profit where business meets purpose or where business meets good. I try and stay employed in that sector by day. Mm-hmm. And then by night, often by night, Naisha, um, I'm a podcaster um, shining a light or amplifying the stories of people who are living a purposeful life. So they're doing something good in the world. And the kind of main overarching aim of that is to um, shine light on those stories so we can make the world a better place. And um, really the motivation came from, listening to a lot of podcasts where people's motivation was to maybe make a lot of money. And I love the people I interviewed because they're focused on, you know, social impact, environmental change, you know, all those big things that the world needs moving on. So, yeah, so I, and somewhere in between all of that, I managed to fit in four children and my wife is incredibly understanding. Uh, (laughs) So, yeah. You need an understanding wife. With all that, absolutely. Everyone needs an understanding partner when you do things like this. But um, yeah, no, I I love being busy, and I love the conversations it leads to, and the connections I make. It's it's, uh, your the podcast. I know you've interviewed me uh, before, and also I'm always following them. There's always very wonderful things people are doing, and and it must be quite inspiring to the. to the audience as well as to yourself to meet just people yeah. who wants to make a change, who wants to do something differently. Yeah. And, there, and there's often some real common threads amongst the guests, actually. So I've had people all ages, different genders, different ethnicities, mm-hmm. but they're all kind of what they have in common is uh, a real desire to do something awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, the best thing about it because when i when i went i'm in 65 episodes are just about to release the 65th which is a huge commitment but i've got so much out of it and i realized that actually it's a really good way of approaching people there's a purpose to it um the aim is to make them look and sound the best they can be so i'm not an investigative journalist i'm not trying to trip them up Um, i'm just and I'm really, and I don't know about yourself, but I'm really interested in origin stories. So mm-hmm. ha- the story, unpacking that story of how somebody maybe stepped out of their normal way of living, mm-hmm. took a bit of a risk, 
and mm-hmm. launch something not for financial gain necessarily, but for, you know, that, that desire to do something good. So I interviewed for recent, for example, um, is this wonderful people, uh, Becky and John, who are Americans live in Oklahoma. They've, uh, launched a platform, which is, uh, focused on fundraising development it's called we are for good anyone check it out um and i interviewed them recently uh, about their origin story so it was really focused on what gave them the motivation why did they suddenly become so brave that they stepped out of their normal day jobs and took that super big risk um of being entrepreneurial you know didn't have a backstop um but what made them what gave them that kind of real drive and commitment to make it happen but at the same time delivering kind of uh, a better world solutions so it's kind of and i think i think that's the biggest change eh? like people um are doing these sorts of entrepreneurial um moves but they're they're not just thinking profit you know they're thinking about um so yeah those are the sort of stories that fascinate me and i know i know you have a passion for podcasting but um you know, I, th- I find audio, I find that sort of 30, 30, 40 minute kind of conversation really fascinating. And I listen to a lot of podcasts myself. So I think that informed my, you know, passion or desire to start a podcast myself. Mm, yes, I think it's um, it's an easy medium for people to just listen wherever yeah. they are. Um uh, and, and for them to get uh, inspired and motivated to do to to think differently, it's all got maybe maybe there's an alternative to this day job yeah. motivators they're doing, yeah. Well, yeah. especially if it's not aligned with their passion. Yeah, and I think it's um, podcasting is good because um, I really believe in mentors or, or mentoring, and I don't think I don't think you need to know all your mentors, and I don't think you need to meet all your mentors. So you can listen to people via podcasts or some other way, or you know maybe it's video, oh. but you can learn so much, and you like you say you can gain those that inspiration, mm. um, and you can just learn so much. Yeah. Eh? Like the amount of knowledge and information that you can pull down, um, yeah. and then and you know, and I I don't know about you, but I'm always around or up for learning as much as I can. The same um, here. Yeah. I'm, always, I'm always learning every day. Every child deserves a loving family, and that is why I founded Banya Fostering, an independent provider in 1996. In the past 24 years, we have grown to become one of the largest agencies in the UK. We thrive to support carers and empower children, providing opportunities for brighter futures. Have you ever thought about supporting a child that needs it most? So far, we've helped more than 7,000 children in our care. Mm. And uh, yeah, the, the, yeah um, a mentor, uh, you know, when I started 35 years ago on my journey, the, the word mentor, coach did not exist. But there were people, you know, like Anita Roddock. She was my, I, I met her once or twice uh, in, in, in a con- Yeah, body shop. But yeah, I, I, mm. I, I, I read everything about her. That was even before Google. And yeah. I read all her books. She wrote two books. Uh, she read, she, you know what I mean? She was my mentor, but she never knew I was, I was following mm. her. And I was learning a lot from her books. Yeah. Or anything which was written by her. I just used to gallop it all up. <laughs> um, yeah. She was a social entrepreneur before the word she, entrepreneur became. Amen. Uh, 
a, a total trailblazer, right? Eh? And she just saw business differently. Yes. Um, and she had a completely different lens on on the world and the impact mm. she could make. And that is a real passion of mine, actually, is mm. um, business for good, where yeah. business can, you know, um, triple bottom line. They talk about, you know, like delivering yes, more than really, just shareholder yeah, value. Yeah. 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 yeah business mm. can really make a change. And mm. um, it's it's just I, I'm really happy that this movement is catching on. And well, my my mission in life is that business is going to become social enterprise. <laughs> um, yeah. Every one of them uh, is going to yeah. social entrepreneurship is going to become mainstream. Mm. And yeah. uh, I think that we can see a lot of good um, change through that media. Yeah. Mm. I think it's an empowered. Um, yeah form of of good yeah um you know and it values puts a greater value a lot of value on the transaction um yes. between you know the, the giver and the receiver yeah, yeah. and um i think you're right the movement there's a real movement out there and, it, and it's helped and informed by the younger generation coming through yes. who are not um except just accepting of dodgy morals or lack of care for the environment um yes. you know they're demanding and rightly so, um, a different way of, of operating, different way of delivering. And it, and it kind of, you know, it, it makes sense as it's where charities can sometimes fail. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it actually can be a really good antidote to that. Um, yes. Yes. Know. I was reading a book by some professor from Oxford recently. I think it's called, um, Aid on the on the edge. I need to find that book. I think someone's borrowed it. <laughs> um, and uh, he was looking at um, charity was set up in UK in particular. I think the whole model of a charity in uh, just after the war, 1948. And he was looking at the communities in uh, UK where the charity was set up in Africa where the charity went. Um, and he's saying that the level of poverty is still exactly the same. In those yeah. even yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. and uh, that's something he, he he was just saying that there is needs to be uh, a real view about what charities do because yeah. they're supposed to make a difference and and I don't know whether it's to do with this dependencies and not being consistent because yeah. I know uh, charities depend on, depending on grants for example the donors change their minds they say oh we're no longer funding mental health or we're now doing young people coming out of prison so the the in terms of delivery of a service it's not always consistent it's a sort of a lifelong of a project of three years yeah um i think i think you're right and i I think these issues so for example to solve the world's big problems when you need you're going to need to to be innovative and take risks and do yeah. something different yeah. uh, and test. And that doesn't necessarily fit with the charity funding model. You know, we, we, you know, we don't you go back to your donors and say, I'm really sorry. We tried that innovation. We tried yeah, to do something different, but it didn't work. And we just wasted your hundred thousand or yeah. yeah. You made me think actually the very, the very first charity in the world, uh, I believe is, um, and there's a museum uh, based just in near, sort of near Holborn. Um, right. And it's a charity called Quorum. Uh, oh, and it was yeah, focused yeah. on, on I children. And, I, and I've been to the very first charity. Have you, I don't know if you've tried 
checked it out either. Yeah. But yeah, in some ways, in some ways it feels like we've come a long way since then. But then when you bring up that um, very real um, reality that we actually haven't moved yeah, the dial on these you issues. Were, you, um, was, you were saying we haven't moved the needle. <laughs> mm, yeah. The needle hasn't moved. And I, thought, I was quite... Um, I was, I mean, I thought something was not right with the charity model, but I didn't realize it was that bad. I was quite yeah. disappointed with that book, with his finding, but that was his take on it. And I thought, wow, that's interesting. Um, so, yeah, it's very, um, uh, I, yes, I'm very much interested in this topic, social business, people being led by their purpose and their passion, because that's what I do, that's what I breathe every every day. <laughs> So, uh, Mark, really, now I really want to know a little bit more about your story, your origins, a bit of your background, and how you get to where you are, what you're doing now, yeah, and why you're interested in this social business. What well, happy led to it? tell you. Yeah, I think yeah. for me, um, I think I grew up in, in quite a liberal family. Um, mm. They a really good sort of start in life um grew up in in Aotearoa New Zealand had a a real desire to do something that involved talking to people that's what no. I love doing uh, uh I had a I did a few roles that were sort of sales orientated and I kind of woke up to this idea that I needed to do something with my life that was more than just about you know adding profit or selling something and it had to be a bit more purposeful. Um, so I ended up at university doing a sociology degree, which I loved. And I remember in the space of three years going from a staunch Marxist in the first year um, oh. to having a lot more balance in years two and three um, yeah. that came out of that sociology degree determined to um, work in the sort of nonprofit sector um, and got a job in a, an organization, it was called the Auckland City Mission. It's here in Auckland, New Zealand. And it was focused on a few different things, but I had some incredible experiences in that job um, and ended up um, working in an HIV hospice that was part of the Auckland City Mission and also oh, as, oh. as a fundraiser for them. Um, and it was those sort of foundational experiences um, that I realized I could combine earning a living with making a difference to people's lives. And that kind of set me on a bit of a path um, alongside it's a massive desire to, um, to live in the UK. So from a very young age, I've had a real passion for uh, the UK. And so I ended up um, immigrating, tried to convince my parents to come with me, um, but, or, or yeah. to, to take the whole family with us. But, to be fair to them, they you know they had a life here, and then and um, they they uh, let me go on my own, and and that's quite a right, it's a sort of rite of passage for a lot of New Zealanders to well, go. What we call how old were you then? So I was eight. I was eighteen when wow. I first went. Then realised I needed to go and come back and do a degree. And but yeah, I spent tw I've spent twenty five years in the UK, um, and and you know I have a real passion for the United Kingdom. And also for New Zealand, I'm. Um, yeah, but you know, okay. there's twelve thousand miles between the two yeah. places. So it's a, um, it's a bit like me in Zimbabwe. It's a bit tough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, and it's good. It's good in many ways having you know options. Um, but yeah, I going back to your original question, my real desire to make my professional life um, about 
making the world a better place and and help make a difference to people's lives and there's no halo shining it's just that's just what motivates me you know like that kind of and then and more latterly um it's been really focused on i have a real passion for how businesses can do good so um and i think that was informed by a decade working for St. James's Place Wealth Management and running their charitable foundation and really falling in in love for uh, that kind of where business meets purpose. Um, yes. and, and just, you know, love everything about the space. Oh, yes. I mean, that must have been quite a good, a fantastic experience. Um, yeah, it was, it was good. And it was kind of, you had that corporate, um, mo- like, standards, um, you know, um, how they dressed, how, the professional expectations, um, mm. but then a real focus on um, charitable giving, philanthropy. Um, I mean, incredibly, uh, I left just before this to return home to New Zealand, but, you know, they raised a hundred million pounds and donated a hundred million pounds to good causes over mm. 26, 27 years. So phenomenal mm. um, yeah. thing to be part of. And uh, yeah, I'll always look back fondly on that time. So yeah, mm-hmm. I um just yeah, I've I've had a number of roles. I've kind of been both in nonprofits, um, and in a bit of a theme towards health. Um, so in HIV space, uh, I was CEO for a, a, a congenital heart defect charity. Um, I've just I've, you know various roles that I've each one. I don't know about you, but you learn something about yourself. Social Enterprise Success Conference is a non-profit event that celebrates and connects social enterprises with a view to replicating them globally. We offer mentoring and coaching to aspiring change makers and leaders to grow their social enterprise ideas. We create networking opportunities to connect with supporters of social and conscious enterprise. Do more. Be the impact yeah, um, along definitely. the way. So yeah, yes, <laughs> uh, you definitely learn every time you um uh, you you're you're doing something. To, you know, it doesn't matter where you are. You um, I always say I learn every day. There's something, uh, even in the middle of dis- despair, there's something which is learning. I need to learn about myself. Absolutely. About uh, who I am, you know what what motivates me. So, uh, meanwhile, uh, um, talking about your your story, and um, <clears throat> I, I can see uh, you know different uh, from being sales person to working in a clinic for uh, people with HIV to mm-hmm. St. James management. But all this is about people, isn't it? You said at the very beginning that you were so um, keen on talking to people and connecting with people. Yeah, absolutely. And I think each one of us uh, has a power that they you know, rely on more than others. But for me, I think it's relationship building um talking to people um building building that kind of connection that relationship and and um yeah i think that's that's possibly my strength and uh something i enjoy the most um and and just the kind of the power of that you know because that can open a open up opportunities um you can get stuff done 
Um, yes. And when things get rocky and, and difficult, the relationship can see you through those tricky times. Definitely, um, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it's interesting, actually, because, we you know, it's been the world's had a difficult time recently with COVID and lockdowns and social distancing and working from home. And I, you know, that that's been quite testing because I, you know, I'm an in-person kind of guy and I really enjoy being with people. And, I, and I'm one of these extroverts whose energy is derived from being around other people. Yeah. So, so that has been difficult um mm. you know doing that virtually um but but actually do you know, i've i've coped better than i thought but i think that's probably to do with the fact that i've got six people in my family so these four yeah. children yeah. and two adults. <laughs> so there's, a, there's enough um people people stuff still yes. i really feel for those people who during this time have yeah. been isolated um you know yeah, and haven't had sense. that human connection um yes it's it's so sad that there are people who are not in that position. But it looks as if uh, you've got a lot of people in your household. Uh, we've got a lot of people in our household. Yeah, we've got children spanning quite big ages. So we've got a, a 17-year-old who's just uh, finishing up school. And we've got a, a 14, a, a 9-year-old, and a, a 2-year-old as well. So we, um, yeah, we, yeah. we have a little, little one running around who's an absolute ball of energy. Uh, and we've got a split between boys and girls. So, uh, yeah, not not a quiet moment in the house. Um, no. Uh, <laughs> when, when you were just about to come out of nappies, you had the last one. <laughs> ah, exactly. Yeah, like a ridiculous decision in many ways, but I'm um, certainly yeah. won't. Uh, we, will, we will continue to have purpose in our lives and we'll continue to have fun along the way, um, you know, because he's, he's going to keep us really busy uh, over the next decade, that's for sure. Mm. There might be a, a, an entrepreneur or a business owner or founder who is listening to this and they're saying, how do I get in touch with my purpose? How do I know I'm on track? Um, or how do how do I even create? Uh, you know, there might be a start, someone starting an idea, an idea, and so how do I create a purpose led? What would be key things or three things or tips you could uh, think about? Think for for them to think about yeah. what they need to look at. Good question. Um, I think for me, it's re it's probably a couple of things. One is you know, do a real honest order on yourself. Um, think about your superpowers. Think about what you're not good at. Um, mm. Think about what you love doing the most um, and base it around that. And if you can get to yourself to a position where you, it's not, it doesn't even feel like work, um, mm. you know, and you'll know, and don't be afraid afraid to test things actually yeah. so yeah. a lot of people I interview you can tell it's not not none of it feels like work none of mm -hmm. it feels like paid employment um mm. the passion uh starts and doesn't fade mm -hmm. um you know have a really so so the bit of advice i suppose would be audit your own skills yeah. uh, abilities yeah, okay. find mm -hmm. out and really drill down on the why, like why are you doing it? Um, mm -hmm. And then if you have, if you're lacking in some way, 
uh, or maybe you're like me and you're and you know you're a raging raving extrovert and you need to be around other people find a partner to do it you know find someone who doesn't have the skills that you have or bring something different to the table um you know you can bounce off them they can energize you but they can also cover for you and those things that you're not so good at um and and i think work hard at it like work you know just don't don't give up work hard at it um and and also it would implore people um you know don't necessarily start an entity for the sake of starting an entity if there's a problem you want to solve or there's something you want to do yeah um you know like work with others to do it and i think that's probably the biggest change in our sectors you know charity and social enterprises um if you want to if you've got a passion to solve one of the world's problems um don't do it in isolation do it with others do it in partnership yeah yeah that that sort of because ultimately i think that's where we possibly went wrong you know especially in i thinking in the uk particularly we funded a lot of projects that were working in isolation they weren't necessarily working in a kind of ecosystem where they could you know Mm -hmm. make a real difference um so so yeah Yeah. that would those elements i would throw at someone and say you know consider all of this Mm. it's it's really um, important um, to you know when you're thinking about the uh, the what, what is your why and to really test it out so what and you know to really keep on Heidi was talking about it at the last conference saying that you need to really keep on thinking why uh, yes I want to make a better word but why <laughs> and yeah. also uh, I'm always saying that and, keep, it, and keep turning up really like why, I think which can if be you get your why nailed down thinking, you will keep turning up you will keep you'll be there problem. tomorrow the next you know, day in the a year's pro- time the, the and problem five years can be quite big. um and because you know you've got your and why now down overwhelm people um, to thinking, and, you know, and you know oh, who you God, are that's too much. You know why you're doing it um and, and you've got a goal in mind people to say well i'm not i'm not gonna i'm not gonna start because it's too big so um, I also like the idea of um, relationship, building relationships with people and not doing it in isolation. You can't do it alone anyway. Yeah, so and I think, no, actually, I think skin in the game is crucial. Eh? So, um, you know, having skin in the game, um, whatever it's doing, uh, all the participants benefiting, they all have to put food on their table. They all have to, you know, su- often support families, Um so, you know, if it, it, why should this, you know, solving the world's problems be any different, I guess? You know, why, why shouldn't the participants all get some skin, have some skin in the game or, or you know, end up um, yeah. with some income or – but, yeah, it's it's um, I, I, definitely an area I'm passionate about. Um, I see my 65 interviews turning into, a, you know, 200, 300. I'm going to keep keep doing what I'm doing. Um <laughs> And and it and it just gives me an excuse to sort of tap people on the shoulder and um and I I've done I'm conscious of the fact that I've can do this globally you know I can, like I can sit in my um little booth in uh, Aotearoa New Zealand yeah. and I can connect with all those people I used to know in my old world in the UK and all <laughs> around the globe yes. um, and that's that's I mean, exciting eh yeah, yeah. I mean I'm, I know it excites you because. Yeah those barriers, those normal barriers that existed yeah. in the 70s, the 80s, and the 90s just don't yeah. exist now. 
Yeah, they don't. They just don't mm. exist. And you mm. can, and this COVID, I mean, because of being home and wherever, I have been able to meet and talk with people I would have never spoken to in my whole life. I would have never been able even to approach them. But, but thank goodness to LinkedIn, I can get hold of anybody I want. <laughs> and uh, it's just incredible. Um, I uh, just opened up a whole, you know, the, the world has actually become more global. I know COVID has also con- constricted us and not been yeah. able to move, but it's yeah. opened up in another way due to technology. Mm. Yeah. It has opened up. Thank you very much, Mark, for your time. No problem. Yeah, I no. wish you all the best with your podcast. And, yes. um and I, and I appreciate when you were a uh, guest on um, Purposely. Uh, and if anyone wants to go and listen to that, it's a really good episode. Purposely podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Um, but yeah, Naisha was um, you know, telling us all about her wonderful social enterprise journey.